This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Just be patient, and I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're so the worst. I am the worst. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at com. I tell you, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high than getting low. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Inside the 15, BU later. Two plays, a touchdown. Everything happening in the sports world. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch, stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. And even some things not happening in the sports world. It's always you asking Steve if he's done things, and he says no. It's always him saying, no, I don't know what that is. I don't do that. No, no, no. He said, why don't you ask him some things that he does know? Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always is the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Steve, I don't know exactly how to begin today after an absolutely loaded, and I mean loaded, weekend of sports. We start off with a Wonderful night of high school football on Friday night. A 29-17 win for the Bullpups over Salina South. We get to Saturday morning. Antonio Brown loses his mind. He posts videos to his Instagram. He tells the Raiders, release me. They do. He's signed by the Patriots. We get later on into Saturday. We have a K-State massive win over Bowling Green. We have a KU Jayhawk horrific loss to Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. We have the Mack College Bulldog football team almost finding a way to pick up an unbelievable win on Saturday afternoon. You get to Sunday. You have the Wild Chiefs game. You have a crazy day of football. You have the Patriots after getting Antonio Brown, not even needing him for a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. A monster weekend. Where would you like to start, Steve? Well... I mean, you could just – I think Chiefs has got to be the number one uh, place we start because we broke down the high school game on uh, Saturday morning during our coaches' show. We really dissected that game. So we pretty much took care of that on Saturday. But the Chiefs game yesterday, of course, the I think the biggest thing to come out of that for me was losing Tyreek Hill maybe for four to six weeks on a play that I just did not see that much uh, – that much uh, physicality, apparently, but he's out four to six weeks. But Patrick Mahomes' uh, first half was just incredible. The Chiefs had it on cruise control. Jacksonville was really bad offensively, even though the Chiefs – No, they really weren't that well, bad offensively. But, well, I'm, I'm sorry, defensively. I mean, oh, okay. Def- they were really bad defensively. Offensively, uh, what's his name? Garnett Minshew? Gardner. Gardner Minshew, who, whatever, played for Mike Leach. All he did was come in – very first game, he completes his first 13, 22 of 25 against the Chiefs. Helps him put up, I think he put up 19 of their 26 points. Uh, a lot of red flags, though, again, to me on this Chiefs defense. It just seems like they're they're still not great. Do you remember the two things that I've been saying all offseason, Steve? Number one is that the Chiefs offense is in no danger. 
Right. People are saying Patrick even, Mahomes is going to regress. Punt? Did they ever punt yesterday? I didn't get to see the last. They had one late. Okay. Because we did not get to see the fourth quarter due to the technicality uh, issues that they had down in Jacksonville. But, man, when you when you when your punter only punts once, Dustin Colquitt is going to be the loneliest guy on the team because I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of action this year. If that offense performs the way it did now, granted, no Tyreek Hill – but they put 40 points up on a defense that generally is regarded as one about the top five or six in football. What's the other thing that I've been saying all offseason, Steve? Patrick Mahomes must stay healthy. Well, not that. The other thing I've been saying is I'm not convinced that the defense got any better. Now, I think that they can hide a few things yesterday with the fact that they came up with a lot of stops inside the red zone that led to Jacksonville field goals yeah. instead of touchdowns. But I didn't see any sign to me that this defense has improved. Well, they're just did so, you? They're so bad against the pass. I thought at times they were pretty good on the run, but the pass defense, man, it is not good. Honey Badger really didn't make the impact I thought he would make. Uh, the corners still aren't very good, and uh, Soren, where was Sorensen? Did he not play yesterday? I don't. Remember. He played. Did he play? I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember him making any plays. So that tells you what I, you know, how much I paid attention. I just never heard Sorensen's name get called on defense. But uh, defensively, they got a long way to go. New system. It's going to take them a while. But the luxury is, Steve, with the way the Chiefs' offense works and the fact that almost every time they have the ball, they score. Right. All the defense needs, just like last year. Hold them under 30. One stop. One turnover. You get a couple of punts and the game's over. Yeah, and the addition of Shady McCoy. Boy, does that look like a stroke of genius by the Chiefs now. I thought he was great yesterday. I mean, he's their best running back. I mean, no knock against Damian Williams, but Shady McCoy looks re-energized. He looks fresh. He made some great cuts. He averaged eight yards a carry. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. As long as they don't overuse him, He's going to be a tremendous addition for this football team. Well, Steve, normally we wait a little bit later in the show to go over some audio from the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network. We had some technical difficulties on our own end early on in the broadcast. Must have been a Jacksonville thing. I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville, but we had a few difficulties, but we got it all figured out. You want to hear some of Mitch's great calls from yesterday? Well, I'm sure he got a little excited. Well, on the first one, this was, what, the second or third play? Third play of the game. Play offensively for the Chiefs. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes found Sammy Watkins, who emerged yesterday with 198 yards receiving. As Mahomes holding it, firing it late, caught at the 40. Now 45, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City! Sammy Watkins! A 67-yard touchdown! Right out of the gate! And the NFL MVP already gets more touchdown passes in this game than he did all last year against the Jaguars. Nice start. Yeah. Sammy Watkins with authority. Yeah. Well, Mahomes, I think, had 203 yards passing the first quarter. And the only <laughs> miss he had, he tried that no-look pass. He had Travis Kelsey, no one than 20 yards. He tried some kind of no-look pass. I have no idea why. And he overthrows Kelsey or it had been 14-0 after, like, seven plays. How about one of the introductions for Shady McCoy? Okay. Mitch Holtis on a three-yard gain. For Shady McCoy, but he gets very excited about it. McCoy stays in, now shifts left to right. First and 10 Chiefs at their own 41. They go to McCoy again, he runs hard, but gains short yardage to the 43-yard line. It'll be one of the most powerful three-yard gains you'll ever see as he just attacked into the line of scrimmage 
Shady McCoy. What a career. The only player in NFL history, 10,000 plus rushing yards, 400 receptions, 4.5 a carry, and 80 plus touchdowns. Interesting stats. Yeah, interesting. He's all over it. Yeah. The third one might have been my, well, it was my second favorite Mitch Holtis call of the day. Okay. Again, Sammy Watkins, his second touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs lead 10 7 driving. 2.47 to go, first quarter. Williams in at running back. Damian Williams, they fake to him. Deep drop this time. Mahomes swings it right side, wide open. Sammy Watkins again. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. It's a Sammy Watkins Palooza touchdown. Kansas City, 150 yards receiving in a quarter for Sammy Watkins. A it's Sammy, a Sammy Watkins Palooza. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he works on those things ahead of time or if they just pop into his head but uh, he does come up with some great liners I'll, I'll give him credit credit for that now my favorite call okay is this one okay i don't know if you remember this play because it wasn't a touchdown but it was i believe in the second quarter patrick mahomes no it must have been the first quarter i can't remember but patrick mahomes dialing up mitch holtis's favorite target here comes the rush. There's a screen right. It goes to the sausage. 15 at the 10. Sausage is at the 5. Down near the end zone. Down to the one-yard line. Remember last year in the opening week of the season, they were cooking sausage for a touchdown. It's a sausage screen for Anthony Sherman of 15 tough yards. Goal to go. Kansas City at the 1. The sausage. He was trying to will him into oh, the end he zone. Really you was. could hear it. Man, I'll tell you what. Mitch was uh, He was in postseason form right Yesterday, he was – I think Mitch is thinking Super Bowl this year. I really am. I'm, he, he wants to call a Super Bowl game. And, uh, you know, Mitch is no spring chicken. I mean, he's – I think he's like a year maybe older than me. So, I mean, the window is not nearly closing for him, but it's starting to crack or get a little, you know, closer to being shut. But he, he knows this. there's a window for the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, and they've got about a three-year window right now. As long, of course, as long as Mahomes is there, they can always just find parts to put around him. Because as long as you have Mahomes and he's healthy, the Chiefs are going to be in the talk every year. One more Mitch Holtis call, and okay. then it will lead to another right. discussion. This was, later in the game, a defensive play. Down 37-19, the rookie to throw, dumps it, and the pass is going to be intercepted at the 15-yard line. Frank Clark's got it. And Clark off the deflection, it was deflected twice. And Frank Clark with the pick, his second interception of his career, and the Chiefs will have first down deep in Jaguar territory. Did you see Frank Clark's comment after the game? Something about I had one more catch than Anthony Brown or, or Antonio Brown. No, no, no. You're on the right. Oh, one more catch than Jalen Ramsey. Well, I've got more. I've got more interceptions than Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Did you see that Jacksonville defense, the way that they acted yesterday, oh, Steve? a bunch of clowns. You throw in Miles Jack, who lost his mind. He did. They, they couldn't get him off the field. Yeah. Have you ever been to like Walmart, Steve, or, or any other store where there might be a mom with her two or three kids, and one of them's losing his mind on the floor, he's crying, and the mom's trying to just get the groceries and get out of there. Uh -huh. The other kid starts falling in line with them, and she just has to grab one of them by the arm and say, come here, Johnny, we're leaving. <laughs> that's what it felt like with that's the a, Jacksonville That's, a, that's an interesting uh, comparison. but uh, Have you ever seen it happen? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Where you've got little Johnny there, and he is just he's done. He, he wanted to go get a toy, and Mom said, no, 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 we cannot do that right now. And, oh, he throws well, My, himself Miles on the Jack, floor. Miles Jack threw a temper tantrum and, 
Jalen Ramsey, nice job, 40 points on the defense. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, he's right up there on the all-smack talk team, and he got smacked. Steve, this is not going to be a one-time thing for the Chiefs. Well, it's Raider week for one thing. They might throw up 58 points against the Raiders. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the Raiders do tonight with the Broncos. And uh, we'll see what kind of rooting de- for, a, for for a tie maybe. The thing is, there's no Khalil Mack, and that really makes a big difference for Oakland. They made a stupid trade last year to get rid of him, and and I still don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing in Oakland. I really don't. I mean, the Antonio Brown thing, mercifully, it's over. Uh, now he's Man. with New England, and like New England needed any more weapons. And the thing is, Antonio Brown's going to get one chance, and if he screws this up. He's out the door. Bill Belichick has already shown he will not put up with nonsense. He had Ocho Cinco there. He cut him. He had Randy Moss. Got a couple good years, and Randy Moss started falling out of line. He cut him. He is not afraid to get rid of a high-caliber player if they don't do it the Patriot way. Steve, did anything else stand out to you in the NFL yesterday? I thought Dallas looked incredible, but, again, they were playing the Giants. Uh, Dak Prescott really threw the ball well. I think he had the most yards of any quarterback in the NFL. Uh, other than that, uh, no real monster surprises. Cleveland is what I thought they were. I've been telling you on this show, I've been writing it print, everyone that thinks that Cleveland is, is going to be this Super Bowl contender, they are a fraud. I'm telling you right now, if they win eight games, to me, that's a good year for them. I'm a little worried for former bullpup kicker Kari Vedvik. Yeah. I'm a little worried for him, Steve. Did you see that the Jets are going to be hosting open kicker tryouts? It's been a tumultuous couple of weeks for the former bullpup, Kari Vedvik. Now, he did make his NFL debut yesterday, yeah. meaning that the bullpups have had two NFL players right. in the last well, he was 12 at years, Baltimore. 15 years. Baltimore traded him to Minnesota for a draft pick. Minnesota cut him, and then the Jets signed him, and he missed his first extra point. He missed an extra point, and he missed a field goal. And they lost in a one-point one. game. Yeah, feel bad for him. Good kid. Bummer for him, but a bullpup into the NFL. That's right. It might not be for long. Yeah. Though I'm, I'm afraid that he's going to get cut today. Other than that, Steve, it was a great day for the NFL. It really was. A good start. We're feeling good, and we've and got I, two more games tonight. And I'm rooting for the Saints to put up about 60 tonight because I've got Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and I need those guys to really go off tonight. Steve, let's talk some bullpup football after the break and give another recap of everything that happened on Friday night. A fun 29-17 win over the Salina South Cougars in week number one. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, it was almost a perfect weekend in terms of our broadcasting schedule. We did start off week number one with a 4-0 high school record. A couple of volleyball wins, a soccer win, and then a bullpup football win on Friday night at Salina South. We both knew that 
the Cougars would be a tough task. I don't think either one of us was going to predict that the Bullpups would be down by four at the half, but it was a team that is used to winning, knows how to win, and found ways to do it in the second half. Well, if you go to midkansasonline.com on my selling sports column today, I talk about this could have been the best thing that ever happened to this team this year because it, it really, to me, it, it told this team 2018's over. That's in the past. You can't live off that. You got to create your own, you know, your own identity. This team got down actually 10 points in the first half. If not for Jaden Dukes' interception near the end of the first half that the Bullpups turned into points, who knows how that game goes. But they came out with a lot more intensity in the second half, put up uh, 16 quick points, took the lead, never gave it up. Offensively, they really found, I thought, their identity in the fourth quarter. I really like this uh, run game. Run game with the quarterback. Caleb Hoppus is a really good runner, and he and he got more and more patient as the game went on, let his line, you know, develop the blocking, and it seemed like in the fourth quarter, every time he carried the ball, he got anywhere from seven to nine to ten yards, and uh, the passing game was just enough to give it a compliment. In fact, the passing game produced over 200 yards. Of course, 99 of that was by Aaron Powell on a school record 99-yard touchdown catch, and Aaron Powell Boy, did he have a breakout game. Nine catches, 158 yards, touchdown, uh, showed great speed. And uh, I think the Bullpups survived their biggest hurdle of the regular season. I still think Bueller will be a really tough game for them. And they had an impressive win over Newton. Stomped a muddle in Newton. So that was really impressive. So, other than the Bueller game, I think if this team plays defense like it did, they're almost impossible to run on. This team is just difficult to run on. Now, the passing game for Salina South, let's face it, they had one really good receiver that we just could not stop all night. But other than that, they didn't hit on any real big plays. Most of their passing plays were in the 8 to 10-yard range. But this is, that was a good way to open the season. You wanted to see this team battle a little adversity because you got a feeling there's going to be some games coming up, especially, I would say, the next two. Uh, not going to be a lot of resistance. And then I can't remember who's game four. That will be on the road at Abilene. Okay, at Abilene. And then Bueller at home. Right. Followed by Augusta on the road. Right. Rose Hill at home and Circle Augusta, on the road. Augusta, Rose Hill, Circle. Those could be some pretty ugly games. Because I got a feeling by then the bullpup offense is going to be firing on all cylinders. Remember, they only scored one touchdown in the first half last year against Salina South. That was right. a 7-0 game. And I always say the first game is kind of an equalizer because teams just have not been on the field. I remember when the Bullpups used to open with Hutchinson, and they'd play the Salthawks really tough. If they would have played them later in the year, it probably wouldn't have been near as close, because back then Hutchinson had the best program in the entire state of Kansas. So, Steve, as we look ahead to what is coming up for this team over the next few weeks, we look at what's coming up with Winfield coming up this Friday night. What is the one thing that you think, once that gets tuned up, will be the most dominant part of this team. I th- I just think the, the the defensive line and linebackers, that front six, because we're playing a 4-2-5, I think that front six is just dominating. Cody Stuffelbean was getting double teamed all night. I think he still had about 10 tackles. Still finished with 10 tackles. Mason Thrash was cleaning everything up. Bryson Labertu right there. He was, And I thought a guy, two guys that really caught my eye that I had no idea just how good they were, Drew Hankin, and Curtis Landrum. Those guys, I thought, really stepped up. Uh, Matt Ramey was 
battling an injury, so Curtis Landrum had to step in his place. And I'll tell you, he for a sophomore, he really held his own. Do you remember the way I phrased things a couple of times on Friday night, saying that there were some question marks for some guys coming into that game, some younger guys, some unproven guys, but the exclamation point guys, the ones that they needed to be good were really right. good. And really, because of some injuries and just the way that game started, there were some different names that were thrown in. Right. You throw in a Jake Houghton who did a good job in the secondary. Offensively, they throw in Gus Ruddle. There were a lot of guys that were thrown into the fire yeah. that were not planning on starting or really probably seeing that many big plays that contributed. And then you look to this week, Winfield beat Ark City, which was a shocker to me. At the very end, they drove down the field yeah. and had a deep touchdown pass to win it yeah. with about 20 seconds left. Yeah, so Winfield is going to come in with confidence. Now, let's face it, the last few years against the Bullpups, it has been ugly. I mean, very ugly. 47-7 last year at Winfield in a game that I didn't think was and as there, ugly there as was the a, score was. I think there was a 61-0 game in there somewhere. Two years ago, it was 38-14. Right. But I think it was four years ago, it was 61-0. I mean, there, there have been some really ugly games. But I think Lynn Hibbs is a heck of a coach. He's got this Winfield program on track. We will see what the Bullpups will do for the first time at home. That will be coming up on Friday night, week number two, McPherson Stadium. That's our first broadcast of the week, And we'll have the Mid-Kansas Sports Magazines out there. That's right. I'm going to try it. It just depends on the weather. If it's raining, I probably won't take them out. But we got JV and freshmen today. The freshmen play, I believe, 5 o'clock or 5.30, is it? 5.30 and 7, I believe. 5.30 for the uh, freshmen, 7 o'clock for the JVs. Uh, if, if they don't have any rain, I'm going to run some magazines out there. But we got the Mid-Kansas Sports Magazine here at the office. We've had it online for about 10 days. We had to, you know, Labor Day kind of threw us back a little bit, but we have the hard copy. There's not that many, so you need if you don't have your magazine, stop in, pick one up. We got them up. They're Come free. find the guy in the yellow shirt and grab him and say, where's well, my we, magazine? We actually have them right here at the front. We prefer you just come all yeah. the way to the back corner and yeah, go and to if, Steve's if, office. If you get in at 3 o'clock, our main man, the rock star Mitchell's here. Who knows? Little dude might be hanging out. You know. Is that you? No. The little, oh, okay. little dude. Little dude sometimes. I didn't know if you were referring to yourself in a no, third I'm not person. Little, I'm not the little dude. All right, Steve. We will take one more break. When we come back, we've got one more very exciting game from the weekend to talk about. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I mentioned a moment ago that we almost had a perfect week, an undefeated week of broadcasting games. The only loss on the resume was a one-point loss that almost was won on the final pass of the game. It was the McPherson College football team opening up in the Heartland Classic in Wichita against Langston. Boy, it was close. And this was a team that exceeded our expectations by a lot, Right, found a way to almost beat the number 14 ranked team in the country, and it came down to the final play of regulation to 
determine the winner of this one. It was a great showing for this Bulldog team under first-year head coach Jeremiah Fiscus. If you weren't bought in before Saturday, I think you're bought in now. Right. And if you go to midkansasonline.com, you'll see my recap. Uh, Langston scored 21 points in just over about a minute and a half. Uh, they scored on a – they had a short drive. It was, it was a legitimate touchdown. On the following kickoff, the Bulldogs fumble. Langston recovers at the four. They score – uh, moments later, then three plays later, there's a pick six on a great individual effort uh, by Christopher Pogge of Langston. It, I don't know how he caught, he tipped the ball to himself, ran it in for a touchdown. After that, it was 21-0 in the first quarter. The Bulldogs did not give up a point the rest of the way to the number 14 team in the country, and they basically control the rest of the game, especially the second half. Langston was gassed. The Bulldogs... You know, they've got a lot of guys this year, so they, they were running subs in and out. They were staying fresh. The Magic Man, Ed Crouch, was doing his thing. Ben Nickel was doing his thing. Seven catches, 102 yards for the McFirst Night Bullpup. And if they catch that pass in, on that two-point conversion, that would have been an upset that would have just resonated throughout the country because Langston is expected to win the Sooner Athletic Conference again. Now, I'm not sure how good this Langston team is, honest, honestly. Because they graduated some of their real. It's hard to know when we yeah. don't have a roster or two yeah, deep. Yeah, since we didn't, well. <laughs> we didn't have a legitimate roster. We didn't know basically who we were talking about half the time. But anyway, uh, Langston's still a very good football team, especially on defense. And I think for Bulldog fans, this is very exciting. Let's just hope they don't have a big letdown from coming so close. But remember, that game didn't count in the conference. They're still undefeated in the conference, and they're going to be playing a Sterling team that opened a lot of eyes on Saturday by knocking off Avila. I had Avila actually number two in the conference and Sterling at number, I believe, four, and Sterling dominated them. So Sterling's got a lot of speed, great skill players, and that game will be Saturday night at McPherson Stadium. Steve, we will talk about K-State tomorrow. I want to talk about that team and how impressive they have Very been impressive. so far early on. But we have three minutes left. I wanted to open up the floor for you to talk about Les Miles, the Kansas Jayhawks, and their very underwhelming 12-7 loss against Coastal Carolina. Well, obviously, defensively, they're not that bad. They've been pretty good the first two games. Or against some really good Yeah, opponents. their defense, I'm sorry, their defense has been really good. Offensively, it's a train wreck. Their <laughs> offensive line was supposed to be the strength of the team. They can't block anybody. Carter Stanley just makes horrible decisions. He's He made a couple more picks. He came out in the Lawrence Journal world and said, I'm sorry, I let the team, you know, he was moping around after the game, apologizing that it was his fault. Well, it's not his fault because it's a team effort. You win as a team, you lose as a team. How about coaching? What are your less miles I, I just thoughts after two games? I haven't seen enough of it because, you know, the game was not on TV Saturday, I, 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 and I didn't see that much of the first game. But everything I'm reading is the reason Les Miles basically got – kind of out the door at LSU was. His offense wasn't up with the times. But let's face it, he doesn't have the talent to do a lot of fancy things. And if, you know, Thomas McVitie was their biggest recruit, Juker, like top Juco quarterback around, and if he can't beat out Carter Stanley, that tells me that he just is not that talented. And I think KU, I'll be honest, I think they might win one more game, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go 1-11. West Virginia didn't look very good. They are not They are not good. good. Uh, they're not going to beat Texas Tech. They're not going to beat Baylor. K-State's going to run all over them. I don't know who they beat. So I think West Virginia's the team that they've got to beat. If they don't beat West Virginia, 
They're looking at 111, but Les Miles has already signed a really good group of players. Remember, he's he's playing mainly with David Beatty's players, and this is kind of a reflection on David Beatty and the job he did. So Boston College, Steve, oh, for the Jayhawks on Friday. It's going to be terrible. Weird, they play on a Friday. They, and, yeah. They open up as a 21-point favorite. I would take Boston College and give the points in a heartbeat. That's going to be that's going to be 35 to 40 points. We will talk K-State tomorrow. I just wanted to let you yeah. get that off I your chest. I want K-State to play somebody because And they, they do this weekend. They looked really good against two bad teams, but Chris Kleiman, there's a lot of people that missed out on him. The people in Manhattan, I think, are very They're excited very pleased. about Coach Kleiman yeah. right now. Steve, good show. Proud of you. Okay. Fun weekend. Great. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Sounds good. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well, I guess it's-